You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome to America's Web Radio. This is your host, Charles Cook and... Rocky Rockliffe. It's great to be here, guys. Uh, I, I'm excited today. We had a good show last week with Angelo Pepperelli. We did. That was that fun. Was, it was that fun. Was fun. Ang- yeah. Angelo's a, a super smart guy. Scary yeah, smart is. in many ways. And yeah. uh, we're going to have to get uh, uh, Cyrus Mehta, who writes under, writes under weekly blog yeah. on immigration uh, uh, out there. Cyrus uh, calls his the insightful immigration lawyer blog. Which insightful. I guess means Angela's not insightful, but we're not. Is it insightful like I-N-S-I-G-H-T or I-N-C-I-T-E? I-N-S-I-G-H-T. Oh, okay, so it's actually providing insight. Not yeah, and actually he does. It's, it's, you know, it's really kind of a mini law review article that he writes every week. It's okay. actually Cyrus, I mean, Cyrus is scary smart. I've seen it a couple uh, of times. Oxford educated, uh, Indian national, done from America, just a really – and he's got this great British accent that he's developed with an Indian twist. Does it sound more intelligent? Um, it sounds almost kind of like uh, Sean Connery. It's a little oh, Sean Connery. Like, it's a little Sean Connery-like. Uh, but, uh, no, I really enjoyed that show last week because uh, it allowed us to touch a lot of different points yep. uh, that immigration is all about. Now, I don't know if you saw my Facebook post this morning, uh, but um, uh, my little friend, um, uh, Senator Mike Lee, uh, posted a little, little, little note on his uh, – on his web, yeah. on his Facebook page today, uh, that um, it was a picture of a gallery of, of a bookcase that was stacked with the 2013 Federal Register. So mm-hmm. you see a picture of that yep. there. Uh, now I thought this was interesting because uh, his point, of course, is there was over eighty thousand. Was it eighty thousand? Eighty thousand wow. pages. I've never actually. And, seen but he this. compared it. Look what he wrote. The what he compare it to. <laughs> The stacks on top, which, which were minuscule, <laughs> which were Chinese, which were what the, were they? Were the laws? The laws the Congress passed, passed. exactly. Oh, uh, and the no. executive orders, I think, was was oh, the other my one. Goodness. So here's how little we did, and here's how little we let the government bureaucracy do. I, it's an ironic picture, and I don't think he understands what irony is. No. You know, hey, look how incredibly inefficient we've been. I don't know. David saw the picture. I think he kind of liked it this morning. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is about Mike Lee that just gets under my skin. I, I just don't know. I, I think he's wholly unqualified to be a United States senator. I don't know I just, uh, I just enough do. about him to uh, to render an opinion. He's is he what? Is he a he's a Tea senator? Party guy. He took out Bill Bennett, who was really one of the premier senators. Um, is he a Utah senator? Yes, Utah senator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he took out Bill Bennett in a Tea Party primary. Uh, okay, uh, four years ago, I think now, three years ago now, because I think he's up in 2016. I mean, and, in, uh, po- in posting this picture, I mean, I, if he doesn't understand irony, wow. But I mean, is he? Showing this to show how much they've actually. I think. Done, well, that's the thing. That's he was. He was no. He was showing it. I think to um, uh, to show Obama run rampant. Obama run rampant. That would be uh, that, David. You get that message right. That was that was Obama run rampant. Um, that was the thing. So I thought to myself, you know, this is something that I'm old, David. You're old. You this comes up every now and then, right? Some politician points out. That there's you know thousands of pages of Federal Register. It's it's executive branch run amok, and so I used uh, the power of Google. You know, Google's actually a really amazing tool. Yep. Uh, and you can type in pages Federal Register annually, and you know what you get, David? You get a website of the Federal Register with this delightful chart that tells you how many pages have been published every year. Since they started publishing it, which is 1936, and uh, so in uh, the 2013 year, they hadn't they hadn't finished compiling it here, 
um, on their site. But Mike, let's say Mike is eighty thousand dollars. Senator Mike Lee, it's eighty thousand pages. Eighty thousand pages. Eighty thousand okay. pages. Uh, and it was eighty thousand in twenty twelve, eighty two in twenty eleven, eighty two in twenty ten, uh, sixty nine in two thousand nine. Okay. Which was the first year Obama was in office. Yep. Uh, 80,000 in 2008, which would have been Bush's year right. in office. So he's complaining that that Obama is had as much. many pages as Bush had yeah. when he was in. But if you look at all the Bush years, if you add those up, they're almost the exact same number that Obama's published. And you right. know, Obama's not publishing things in the Federal no, Register. No, no. And, and the bureaucracy in these, oh, these things is so entrenched already that it really doesn't matter who is in No, it, it in, doesn't uh, matter. In but if you go no. back, oddly enough, if you go back uh, to the Reagan years, Reagan did cut the, the red pages from a high of 87,000 when Jimmy Carter was president. Wow. And you remember those years. I think Dave refers to those as the golden years. <laughs> the golden years. The golden years. 1980 <laughs> was the golden year. Uh, Carter I remember Desert classic, I believe. You, you know why? I remember, that was the year I graduated from high school. And so for me, it was a very important year because, you know, it's seared in my memory as a senior in high school, yeah. started college. But I also remember it as a year of literal financial desperation. Oh, gas lines. Gas lines. Do you remember the – what was the interest rate? It was like – Oh, my God, 21%. 21%. It was some ungodly. Wow. You couldn't get a mortgage for less than like 15%. It, it was makes in, 2008 look like child. Oh, no. It was – I mean, yeah. that from that perspective. I mean – Right. And unemployment was high. It was in the nines, tens. It was high. Yeah. I mean, the, the Carter years were just an unmitigated disaster. You know, the, uh, the thing about Carter, and I, I would like your opinion and being older – if you formulated a, an opinion about Carter, but I, and I didn't like it, I didn't like him. I, you know, mm-hmm. nothing good about his administration. Were you in Georgia However, at the time yeah, when he got yeah. elected? Okay. Oh yeah, and, and I'd met him a couple of times mm-hmm. when he was governor. But I don't think, in my opinion, that Carter did it out of maliciousness or oh, out of I agree, yeah, just stupid. I don't. But, I just think he was wholly unprepared. But Obama, I think, is you know. A lot of what has been done is very malicious action. Yeah, you really, back in Carter's time, everybody was ticked. Boy, you could get real ticked sitting in a three-block-long line. Oh, forget. Well, my dad owned a gas station. Oh, right. I was threatened because we we can only sell five gallons of gas at a time. Yeah, so. So I'm a dad owned a gas station. I know exactly what it was like. like 25 miles on that. But, again, everybody was complaining about Carter, but it wasn't. It was incompetence, in yeah, my opinion. Exactly, I thought it was incompetence. Exactly. I thought it was unpreparedness. And, 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 and no, you know, he, he was incompetent from the time he walked into the, the White House until he was booted out. Bringing 70s Georgia politicians to D.C. to run the country, yeah. not a good idea. But, <laughs> no. but I don't think it's the same with what we have today. I, think, I, I, I agree with you halfway. I think part of it is incompetence in the current administration. I well, do. I, I believe I, I, part I, of it is unpreparedness, incompetence. Not understanding that well, there's something beyond the campaign. He surrounded himself by a bunch of uh, people that know nothing. Although on oh, the flip side of that, I think I actually think he's surrounded himself who, who that, know they, a lot. They, about what I think, a lot doing. of them have the agenda that they're carrying exactly. out. He's a so I think head. there are some people who are, let's say, not prepared That's, for federal government work, but there are a number that are over prepared and been waiting for this opportunity. An opportunity to understand that Clinton never gave him. 
Right. You, Clinton's looking a lot better, isn't he? <laughs> I watch every day. Clinton looks a lot better. Yeah, I, mean, I was uh, watching an interview last night. If you watch Faraday on the Golf Channel, you know David Faraday is. He's a golf analyst. He used yeah, to be a golfer. Kind of a crazy that. guy. But he has a great talk show. Not a talk show. He just interviews people. Right. Uh, and he did an interview with Bill Clinton, by the way, that was just absolutely fascinating. Hmm. It was absolutely fascinating. Yeah, I mean, what's uh, going on now makes Bill Clinton it, look it, like, it makes, you know, you know you look, I, mean, I was looking, I, I was looking at, the, at, the, at the Clinton years. And uh, he never really got above, um, um, I guess his last year was 83,000 pages of, of regs. But again, 19, uh, 2000 was really a turning point societally for us, mostly because of technology. It was a mass, that's when technology, when we realized how important technology was. Right. And a lot of government agencies had to literally revamp their regs to reflect technology. Right. Um, and, uh, but when you, I, I would think if you look at the population, population-wise – 80,000 pages in 2013 is probably no different than, you know, the, the, the 80,000, probably significantly less than the 80,000 pages in, in 1980, right. percentage-wise. I mean, the population is probably, what, 60 million more people in the United States? Yeah. Government's got to be monumentally bigger. Because I, I remember when we first went over, um, I remember, if I, if I recall correctly, when we hit half a trillion dollar budget. In fact, what was Reagan's budget? It wasn't even close to that, was it? It was, it was like uh, three hundred billion in the or something. In the ninety-two election, it was just over a trillion. Yeah, now. so just over like early 1, Reagan 1, was probably 1 half a billion or something like yeah, that. Yeah. So I mean, percentage-wise, considering the size of government, yeah. it's actually a lot smaller. It, it, it is. But I, I just thought that I thought that was a funny little gif he put up, little picture <laughs> he put up, because it's it's ironic. It's ironic. Now it's even better because one of my one of my friends uh, wrote on, on what I posted. Um, was uh, hey? Did you actually read uh, what people wrote underneath uh, uh, his uh, uh, underneath uh, his post? Underneath his post. Uh, because uh, and he quoted this Voltaire's quote: "I have never made but one prayer to God." A very short one. Quote: "Oh Lord, make my enemies ridiculous." And God granted it. <laughs> I just thought that, <laughs> that, good, I just thought that was – anyway, that, that, that was at the top of my mind this morning when I saw it. It was not really immigration-related, although I can assure you there are several pages in those 80,000. Regarding uh, the INA. You know, what I know – Absolutely. You know, David, I know you're going to find this weird. I actually read the Federal Register on occasion because there's immigration stuff that appears in there. You have to read it beforehand. Uh, let's say if there's a 10-page publica- notice from immigration. At least eight of those pages are not the regulation. Right. They are the necessary language that explains, that has the comments, that has this, that has that, paperwork stuff. And then you get maybe a page and a half of actual regulations. Right. Um, I think a better measure would be if he'd have put up, here's what the code looked like. Here's what the, here's what the code yeah. of federal regulations looked like. Versus the actual federal register. And here's what it looks right. like here. That is a more legitimate comparison to the size of government. Right. Not the number of pages in, in the federal register. But, uh, again, how, Mike Lee. How does a professional, you all... Um, a CPA, and so forth and so on. How do you keep that, up? How do you keep? I mean, oh, it's, David. It, it's impossible. It, I, it, it's not impossible, but it's very, very hard. Uh, very, very hard. Do you all do you all have a uh, a situation like CPAs do that they can buy a, a program that goes through all of this stuff, and if you're pumping in information. They'll, no, they'll, we we don't have a program. Like well, that. yeah, I mean the re, the reason we don't is because the information that CPAs deal with is really abstract information. It's numbers, it's accounts, it, things like that. So 
those things truly are plug, plug and yeah, play. But you, well, you don't have a thing that you can pump in immigration regarding. You know, oddly enough, there's some, the there actually is, there is somebody supposedly it. designing a website to do exactly <laughs> that. Uh, but you know what that will result in? Deportations. Exactly. <laughs> I guarantee because every case, every is, case individual, is different. It's, it's so hard. And you, can't, you can't apply one. So that program you're talking metric. about is up here in the old noggin. But, it, but the information, every day I'll get anywhere from 5 to 15 emails of things that are changing or things that have changed. It could be a court case. Uh, it could be a, a variety of different levels of court. Uh, it could be a proposed regulation. It could be a final regulation. It could be a policy memo. Uh, it could be a case. I mean, just literally somebody said, hey, this happened to me. Okay, let me, let me turn it around. CPAs obviously report to basically the IRS, mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. So how many judges, immigration judges, keep abreast of all of this? Or do you have to? <laughs> you know, that's another great question, David. Um, there are different levels of judgment. And the IRS, think, let's, let's, everybody familiar with the IRS. You have an IRS agent, right? And you have auditors. So I assume there's auditors and agents, and there's supervisors. But at some point, there's a tax court, right? One tax court. At the end of the day, anybody who has a problem with the IRS can get to that tax court. That's not how immigration really works. Um, yes, there is an immigration court, but it's, it's technically, although somewhat amply, only for people in deportation proceedings, although they have a little bit of extra jurisdiction on some family cases, particularly for the, for the immigration court, there are 240, 235 judges currently, although there are 275 slots, slots but only 235 judges. Then there is the Board of Immigration Appeals, which has, I think, 15 or 16 something folks like on that, it, yeah. something like that on it. Both of those, by the way, are in the Department of Justice. They're not actual judges in, a, in the concept of a free and unregulated judiciary. Yeah, they're, not in, they're not an independent right. judiciary. Then part of they the are of overseen by the, uh, by the Court of Appeals or perhaps a district court, depending on what level of scrutiny you want to bring to the case, right. but not as a matter of, matter of course, but as a matter of right. Um, that's only for limited kind of cases. Then, of course, David, you've got the immigration service itself and their adjudicatory process. Let's talk about it. That's a great question because people don't understand. Let's come back from our break and talk about that here on the Immigration Hour. Soy Charles Cook, del Buffet de Abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Si usted tiene problemas con inmigración, llámenos hoy. Conocemos la ley. Sabemos cómo ayudarle. Si hay algo que se puede hacer, nosotros lo podemos hacer. Llámenos a las 404-816-8611. A las 404-816-8611. O visítenos por el internet a la www.immigration.net. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866 866- 286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to America's Webradio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. 
Welcome back to the Immigration Hour with uh, Rocky Rockliffe and Chuck Cook. Uh, Rock, we were talking about this. David asked a great question, which was, is there a system in place you can just plug a fact in and get a result out? And the answer is no. no. We reviewed the court stuff, but the immigration side, how does, how does that adjudicatory process work? Well, I mean, you've got two, two kind of separate has avenues to, to pursue your case. Obviously, if you're in the removal proceeding side of the house and uh, you're, you're going to go before the judge relatively quickly. And then obviously, as you, you mentioned, there's an appeals process uh, to, to kind of a senior immigration court within the Department of Justice. And then if you can break through that glass ceiling, you can get to uh, actual real courts. Well, Mike, he has a great question here, David did. How much training do these judges have and how much do they understand immigration law? Well, the vast – well, I'm not going to say the vast majority. A lot of them come from the ranks of the immigration prosecutors, the prosecutors at ICE. So they not only – I don't want to say that they don't know the law, but they they definitely know the law well, they know as a, it relates a, a to – Yeah, law. exactly. They definitely know the removal portion of it. And they come to the bench, I think, with uh, with – with that prosecutor's mindset that they're there to move the system along and not put up with any you know shenanigans about rights and stuff like that from people's defense attorneys, but I mean that's that's the vibe I but get. But what do they know about the actual the, the actual meat and bones? I of would say law? very very little uh, because they're simply political appointees. Uh, there's no. Um, there's no rigorous process like there is for district court judges or uh, other federal court judges where they're going to be subjected to some sort of congressional review. These are just political appointees and people moving up the chain in the Department of Justice from the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, and, <clears throat> you know, they, there's, no, uh, there's no check, if you will, on their knowledge and their ability to um, independently uh, – to be an independent but they, get, they get significant training, right? Huh. They get training. I don't know if we want to characterize it as significant. If once every other year, a week-long seminar in D.C. is training, they right. are getting that. Okay. And they do get – they get like we get. They get the updates. They get the pages. But, but they, they can the, – but the thing with that is, is it's just like any private lawyer at that point is you can be as knowledgeable or – Unknowledgeable as you want, depending on what, uh, how much you put into it. And let's let's be let's be real here. Um, these are people whose jobs are not in any way jeopardized by their lack of knowledge. So there's a built-in disincentive for them to to actually learn what the law is. Whereas if in, in the private uh, defense bar or private immigration attorneys, we have a strong uh, built-in incentive to know what the laws are because we have to serve our clients. Whereas you know the, the, the judges and, and the trial attorneys, they, they have no incentive to know more than what it takes to uh, to keep their job. And, the, and that bar is very low, unfortunately. Do they uh, – if do they respect you in if for and do I assume you have to call them judge? Uh, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. your honor or yeah, whatever. Absolutely. So if if you're saying something and Nisa and the judge or the honor or whatever says uh no no that's not right then do you have to come back and show proof well of this regulation or of this change yeah, or whatever? Absolutely. And, have, and, and then will they accept it? Uh, yes, uh, I absolutely they'll they'll accept it. I mean, if you show that it's based in law and and um, you know you you can show them where where you're getting that from. And I think that that depends definitely on whether you have to do that in writing or they'll take your word for it. De- Definitely depends on your reputation and and what type of lawyer you think they are. Some lawyers they're going to believe right off the bat. 
other lawyers they're not going to, and they're going to make them brief it and submit evidence of it and things. And that just goes back to your to your reputation. And I, and I don't think that's the correct way to do it either. I think that the judge should know know the law. And if there's a question of law, the judge should be you know that's why they have staff attorneys. Well, well yeah, the that's the problem. Right. These judges don't they have don't. staff attorneys. They don't. They don't have clients. So they have they to. Re- they they have literally to re- are like you running a solo radio station. Yeah, they have to and rely on what everything. they uh, what that's the parties what in front of them tell that's them. What they, literally, they're like you. So uh, they, they are grossly undersupported. Grossly undersupported. So will they? Have a stay or whatever, and go check out what you've just. Well, they said. might delay your case and have you brief and read it and get back to you later time. They certainly do that. But keep in mind, a lot of these folks are detained, right? In the immigration system, they're detained and they're detained at government expense, and so they're under pressure not to keep them detained. So sometimes you don't get the consideration you think. Now, here's the other thing that most people don't realize about immigration court: the judges cannot rule on constitutional issues. No. They can't determine the constitutionality of a statute or a process or a procedure. There are, I mean, there's certain limitations in the search and seizure context, but generally speaking, they can't rule that well, that's that that interpretation of the regulations unconstitutional or improper. Right. They have okay, to follow well, it. With what you gentlemen have said, and I, and I don't mean to be playing the show or anything like this, but I love this part. With with what you <laughs> with what you've said, is hopefully with this. Uh, Immigration bill that you keep saying is going to be passed in the in the uh, 21st century, maybe, maybe not. Um, does it address this, the issue of judges and their qualifications? Well, actually, and- I think the Senate bill does, in fact, create a special uh, provision of an independent judiciary. At least that was the desire. Um, there's a real hesitation to do that, uh, given the current president. If you're going to create an appointment system, now there already is an appointment system, and they're basically lifetime appointments. Now, right. they can more, you can't fire a federal judge. You can only impeach a federal judge. You can fire an immigration judge. Right. Uh, and so you would be taking away that right to fire an immigration judge if you made them an Article Three court. An Article Three judge. Uh, and uh, you wouldn't be able to get rid of them at that point. And if you're a member of the House GOP, are you thinking you're going to do that to pres- give that right to President Obama? And so there's this real yeah, who, gets to, who gets the staff. To, he he uh, takes it anyway. Yeah, well, no. Uh, yeah. But think about that. I mean, it, so there's a reluctance there. The judges have the judges have a union, by the way. Federal federal employees have a union. No, the, the, the immigration judges have a union. I know, the immigration <laughs> judges have their own union. Not technically a union, but it's kind of a union. Well, do, they, uh, do they have to sign up for Obamacare? Uh, they I think it's excluded? not quite that uniony. Um, <laughs> but they have been lobbying for this for years, and they've got the they got the ear of some members of Congress. But it's just so far down the totem pole of important issues on immigration. Oh, right? absolutely, it is. Now the other part about the judicatory process you're talking about is at immigration itself, within USCIS, who is the other adjudicatory body. Let, let, me make, let me make one more comment quick about the judges uh-huh. really fast. Is that, you know, for, for everything we say about, you know, wrong outcomes and everything, the, the judges are, are still, you know, constrained by, by bad law. And there are judges who will issue rulings in accordance with the law that they don't personally agree with. Which is a sign people believe in the rule of law, by the way. Exactly. So so uh, to kind of echo what you said, the bigger – the overarching problem here is the bad law, the bad system of laws we have. The the judging situation – is is just a symptom of that that problem because the vast majority of the decisions, vast majority, the majority of decisions are in accordance with the law. It's just bad law. Well, and the other problem the judges have is volume. 
The volume right. is unspeakably <clears throat> large. Yeah, you can't give personal att- you can't give the attention that such and and people say, well, it's an administrative thing. It's really not that big a deal. Next, yeah. to, I would say that deportation in some contexts is worse than the criminal sentence that could be imposed in a lot of cases. So it's not like bankruptcy or task court where – How much thought goes into the criminal sentencing in federal court? How much thought goes into that A lot. I mean it takes months to get Exactly. Exactly. hearing reports. But none of that happens. You'll get a a removal or a deportation order like that. I mean same day let's – you know, I mean cash and carry on this thing. And and that really does – I mean those have lifelong consequences, drastic consequences for many families. So – you know, I, I think you're right that the, the judge, the judge's situation as far as being independent arbiters, while you know I can make an argument for or against both of those, the real problem is the bad law yeah. and the broken system. And, and you're talking about judges that average twelve to thirteen hundred <laughs> cases a year, right? Average. I mean, some do more, some do less. That's two. There's only two hundred what two hundred thirty working days in a year. So now you're talking about five, six cases a day that you have to deal with. That you have to on, not just see, you have to dispose of. Dispose of. Maybe you've got to do trials on a third of those. You're doing two, three, four trials a day. Yep. Having to write your own decision. You can't go to clerk and write this decision. You're writing the decision. It, it's a nightmare system. Right. But then you go to the immigration side of it where it's worse. <laughs> it's by That's far the worse. good system. You get in front of a judge. Okay, I'm going to have a fair hearing. Right. You don't get a fair hearing in front of the USCIS because no. you don't get a hearing. No. You never see the adjudicator. It's this invisible hand that's out. I guess that would be Adam Smith's hand. Right. It's this invisible, invisible <laughs> brain that's out. The invisible the little brain there is. The invisible touch. That's it. The invisible touch. The invisible touch. Bill Collins, the invisible yeah. touch that's out there uh, that is uh, taking the your, plea, your pleading, taking your filing, and then making a decision based upon whatever training they get. Right. Although we don't know what training that is because they won't release the training publicly. Right. So, transparent? No. They're not, you mean right. the memo, the yeah. first memo that Obama wrote when he was president? You know what that was, first executive order? <laughs> Enhanced government transparency. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, How's that working out? How's that working out for you? Let me ask you something, both of you, really. But you started out at the very top of the show and, and – said, you know, that the issues, you know, that immigration was way down on the totem pole as far as getting something done. We've been talking about this on, on numerous of our numerous shows, the fact that, <coughs> excuse me, this past weekend, uh, I guess I was in the reflecting pool or something or mad at the world or something. But anyway, I, I, I was just reflecting on I get clobbered week in and week out. Not just by you all, but all the other hosts and all the information and, you know, everything from Obamacare to the economy to, you know, up and down the gamut. And I started asking hosts, and certainly you all are the experts on immigration, Mm -hmm. are we just too big as a country and as a government and everything else you want to throw at it to ever really make a change and make an effective change that uh, is fair to the immigrant, be they from Mexico or Germany or wherever else they might be from? Or have, have we just gone past? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, we, we're not even close to big at this point. Uh, we're just not. We're not that close to big. Hey, we're not China, right? And look what China's done with 1.5 billion people. It's amazing what you do with autocratic government. Um, <laughs> so we just need a dictator. If we had a dictator, right. we could handle all this stuff, David. I'll what, start what tomorrow. Obama? <laughs> He's an elected president. You might not like him, but you elected him. Uh, that's, that's the beauty of the American electoral system. Um, no, you, you, the fact that we don't like what a president's doing, you know what we get to do? Vote for somebody else in four years. 
You know, we tend to measure these tiny little increments of time. You have to look, look at the grand scope of things. You think Democrats are happy with your friend Richard Nixon? I mean, yeah, they are. He's dead. Yeah, he's dead now. <laughs> but they weren't happy with him at the time. Although Richard Nixon actually brought price controls and all kinds of crazy stuff to the, the Wage price they considered controls, communism the DA, in the United States. Yeah. Uh, but no, I don't think we're that big. I, this is just a question of political will. Uh, I think the bigger problem in America right now is we're split half and half. You know, although it's fun to talk to European, particularly European clients, uh, who view America, they, they don't understand the difference between Republicans and Democrats. Because to them, from their perspective, they're all the same. Right. Our policy differences <laughs> are like a tiny little crack compared to most yeah. countries. I'll give you, I'll give you a perfect example, example of, of perfect example of it. Back to the Federal Register thing. Throughout that list, you had some R's, D's, you know, every four change yeah. and every eight change and whatever. That changes. What's the constant? The number of pages in the Federal Register. Each and every year, the size and scope of the state grows, regardless of who's in office, which just shows you there's very little difference in Republicans and Democrats at this point. Listen, I could give you facts, fact after fact after fact, say – and lead you, try to lead you to believe that it's Obama that did those things when, in fact, they were Bush. And I could give you fact after fact after fact and lead you to believe that they were Obama and say, hey, guess what? Bush is the one that did all those things. They're all the same. And to it's somebody that's an outside observer, they realize, what are you guys fighting over? <laughs> yeah. If you really want the fight, the fight is, hey, let's stop the state from usurping more power, regardless <laughs> of if it's a Republican or a Democrat. So I want to talk more about that because it's a really good question. I want to talk about a poll that came out this week about immigration. Uh, let's take a break here on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Soy Charles Cook, el jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Estoy en su lado. Con más de 20 años de experiencia con la ley de inmigración, conozco cómo ayudarle. Sé la ley y sé que alguna gente podemos ayudar. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611. A las 404-816-8611. O visítenos en el internet. www.immigration.net. Hi, everybody. It's Don Zabkar, your host for Who Knew? We air Mondays 2 to 3 on America's Web Radio and then occasionally throughout the week. We've got some great subjects. This administration or this regime, as you know, is providing us with great material. So stay tuned. Check us out. America's Web Radio. It's Who Knew? with Don Zapcar. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to America's Web Radio. We were just talking, David, about this whole idea of the government too big. I don't think it's too big. I just think we have different focus. This, this poll came out yesterday. It was a great poll. and It's, it's asked this very simple question. Which of the following do you think should be the most important priorities for Obama and Congress in 2014? That's a simple question, right? Um, economy, federal budget, health care, taxes, gun policy, immigration, or something else. 
Well, any any idea what the first one was? It's the economy. Right. I mean, it, it's the economy, stupid. It goes right. back to the old Clinton. Yep. Where's the beef? It's the economy, stupid. Hey, man, he, he – say what you will about the guy. The guy the guy knew what was going on. He, he is the <laughs> greatest mean, politician of – Of our generation. Maybe the century. Maybe of his century. Probably, probably the century. Probably, probably greater than, than, yeah. than Roosevelt. I mean, he uh, – Up there, I mean, yeah. not in leadership, but it's certainly as a politician. Yeah. Clearly, the man's brilliant. Right. His wife scares the crap out of me, by the way, but that's just me. I mean, I know you're a big fan, David. I don't want to push you over the we edge with Hillary and Have you ever sure. noticed my Facebook page daily? <laughs> call it daily Do you reminder? find the ugliest pictures of her you could possibly locate and put those up? <laughs> Seriously, because those things I mean, are I mean, harsh. Wow. Wow, man. I mean, she looks some of those pictures you put up. Wow. She looks like Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> Before or after he was struck with lightning? Uh, no, well, about after, after. After the fingertip lightning. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You know what this thing? You know what this shows me? Those it's even more pronounced. This thirty nine percent care that the economy is the biggest issue. What What are the issues right after that? Federal budget, budget. deficit, economic issue, yeah. fiscal economic issue, health care. That's an economic issue. The the provision and so, consumption so the of top medical three, goods and services. Thirty nine, twenty three, and sixteen. Immigration what? issues. Economic issue. Yeah, so so you know, but, but think about it. When you look at the numbers, though, the economy, 80%. the budget, and health care are about 85% yep. of the problem. That's what people want, 80, 80, 80 85%. Yep. So it's all about the economy. Immigration comes in at 5%. That's why we don't have reform. Yep. People haven't made it into the economic budgetary issue that it can be. And that's what some groups are going now, finally. The Chamber of Commerce particularly has said the U.S. Chamber they're going to spend a lot of money. Bible badges and business. Yeah, they're spending I mean, a lot of money types. on this this yep. year. Uh, so that's that, where I see it coming, David. In, in math, in my old math, it would be you'd have 100% there of something. Out of that 100%, I think the three of us sitting at the table would agree that even the Congress people don't understand immigration. Oh, no. Do you no. think they understand the other 95% of the issues? Well, they clearly don't understand the economy. No. How about Obamacare? You know, in fact, here's talking about the economy more. early, but the problem being Republicans and Democrats. When Ryan came out with his budget, was it balanced? His, his supposed budget to save America, was it balanced? I don't think so. No, it wasn't balanced for 20 years. Right. Who had the last balanced budget? Reagan. No, Daddy no. Clinton. Clinton and under, and, under and, and Gingrich. Clinton and Gingrich. Yeah. Clinton and Gingrich. Yeah. Why could they balance the budget, and we can't? Well, because they had a huge, uh, a huge uh, budget. They, they, people. Well, why? People were paying higher taxes. Right. It's before the Bush tax cut. One. And you didn't have the transfer of wealth out of that exactly. revenue that you have now. The problem right now is you've got such a transfer of wealth coming out of. A bigger pool. The, the the revenue that the federal government takes in now is by far larger than the revenue taken in during the 2000s – or excuse me, during the 90s, 90s when Clinton was in. By far much larger. The problem is the percentage of the, the wealth that's transferred out of that revenue to to – whatever you want to call them, handouts, whatever, is so much larger now than it's ever been. You've got so many more people participating in in, in food stamps, people that you would never, ever th- – before because there's no shame. There's no social stigma attached to receiving social welfare well, at this now, point. Well, now because you have an EPT problem. card, you don't have right. stamps. You don't have stamps. You don't well, have uh, – just you know, swipe a card. You left out though. you have two wars that have also – Yeah, two wars that destroyed our treasury. <laughs> 
and our country. We could get that's we're yeah. not gonna get it. That's for Rocky's show. <laughs> By the way, you guys, you want to listen to a great show, Rock? What is your show on? And My show, called? Undisputed, is on Thursday mornings from nine to ten. Sweet. Check us out. Bring, awesome. your, bring your own gun. Bring your own gun. Undisputed. Bring your own gun. Rocky has been <laughs> shooting recently to get to hone, rehone his skills. Rehone. I heard you gave uh, you gave some lessons to Rebecca in our office. And, I uh, she really didn't need them. She, she didn't was, really need uh, them. She, she did an excellent job with yeah, her new pistol. Yeah. She got for yes. Christmas. That was yes. very sweet. Excellent job. Shout um, out to Rebecca. Good. Good for her. Well, it's all the body weight she has behind that. Uh, yes, <laughs> significant <laughs> amounts. The wind comes along, she blows away. Uh, but no, David, the, the key immigration issue this this week goes back to Bob Goodlett. Do you know who Bob Goodlett? We talked about him before a couple times. Outstanding. Uh, people always, when, they refer, when you're talking about Goodlett and immigration, they always have the conversation by saying, Representative former Goodlett, former immigration lawyer. <laughs> okay. When, 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 when were you an immigration lawyer? Pre-Ira? Pre-Ira, Ira, Ni- like 1992. <laughs> and how, how long were you an immigration lawyer for? It wasn't very long, I could tell couldn't, you that. couldn't be that long. It couldn't have been that long. Because he's not that old. No, he's <laughs> probably a couple years older than I am, so he, could, he had to be in his early 30s. Yeah, I mean, Congress, maybe, right? maybe, maybe 10 years. Yeah, maybe 10 years. he's been there for, tw- right, for 20 but years. Doing it 25 years ago, what it was 20, 20 25 it's years ago even, today, it's, it's, it's like it's, it's hollow shell. Day. It's yeah. hollow shell of what it was today. <laughs> you could get away with so much more back then oh, than you can now. We refer to those as the good old days. The good old days. But he said this, which I thought was great. It's a quote from him. Uh, we're trying to find a way to give the members of the House a way to see how all these things would work in our step-by-step approach. Finding a way to build that consensus is critical. Now, what is he talking about? A plan that includes tighter enforcement, although, really. How much really, tighter can I, enforcement I, get? Really. Really. And an effective amnesty. I hate that they're using that. Did they not read my blog? Obviously Why are not. you using the A word? Effective amnesty for Tomian <laughs> people and more immigrant workers. Um, now, good little acknowledge. Now, he, by the way, you know where he said this, by the way, David? You know, it's on Telemundo, the Spanish language <laughs> network. It, it wasn't on the Sunday morning talk show. Uh, this is from Daily Caller, by the way, the, okay. the conservative crazy paper that's out there on the internet. Uh, not Newsmax? Not Newsmax. No, that, that's like, Daily Caller is like one step before Human Newsmax. Uh, although, you know, I think runs uh, Daily Caller is. Um, Tucker Carlson, I think. Really? That, yeah. Okay. Uh, but Goodall acknowledged deep GOP opposition to the plan, indicated that leadership won't push for a plan in the face of broad opposition of the caucus. We have to have a now we have to have a sizable majority of Republicans to support it. This is a good sign, though. They don't need all the Republicans to support it. No, they don't. And I don't think there's enough Republicans in the House to shoot it down. I don't think so. In fact, a great example is. Obama was sent a letter this week. Oh, last week. I, I, didn't you did you put this up? I vlogged about this. Yes. But let's start talking okay. about this okay. thing. So Obama, uh, the Republicans in the House send a letter to Obama opposing whatever on immigration. Probably like thirty or forty of them. No, um, gotta, I thought it'd be like eighty. Right? It's got to be half it's gotta, the House. It's got to be. Got to be at least how many? How many signed that letter? Sixteen. Well, wait, wait. Was it sixteen or eighteen? I think it was sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah. Sixteen. There's sixteen 16? signatures on the. That's it. That's all yeah, there is? Yeah, it's 16 signatures. That's all that's on the uh, – that's – yeah. Wait, it's if there's only signatures. 16 signatures, <laughs> how could they have any would, <laughs> real power within the caucus? I would call 16 of all the Republicans in the House statistically insignificant. Now, the, these guys are what I would call in, in my favorite language other than English, sin vergüenzas. <laughs> now, I, I don't know if I can translate. They are without shame. Right. Uh, that means they would actually campaign – Against another Republican, if immigration in primary, was there, right. in a primary race, they, and a, they would campaign against a sitting member of the House 
in a primary on this issue. Way to support the party, guys. That is the, the only guys. weight that they carry. Yep. Uh, so what is the obvious solution to that problem? To uh, get rid of those guys. Well, get rid of those guys. <laughs> the other is not to have a vote on immigration until after the primaries. Until after the primaries, yep. Right. And what have we been saying? Best time for it, yep. May Yep. April, May, June April, time frame. Once right. these people are secure from attack uh, from their right, political attack from their right, go for it. Because I think you'll see a side – you'll probably – every Republican except for these 16 will probably vote for some immigration reform. It, it, but, the most, but the most sho- shocking part about this letter is that you could read this letter, take out any reference to Republicans, and you would think this was being written by the most socially liberal – Representatives of the Workers' Party unite oh, or yeah. something. Oh, yeah. Because I didn't know these people were so – they all voted for, to extend unemployment insurance, right, all these guys? Yeah. yeah but what, what, what the funniest thing here is that they, this is written to the president on behalf of the 21, mil, 21 million Americans who can't find a full-time job. The 6 million young Americans who are neither working nor in school. And they're writing on behalf of the 90 million Americans over 16, including retirees, college grads living at home, and those living on welfare who are not part of our nation's workforce. Wow. It's the fault of immigrants that you don't have a job. And they just, that, I mean, it's it's the 11 million undocumented immigrants that are are taking the jobs from retirees. Right. It is so absurd. Dave, they're taking your job. They're going to be here tomorrow running this radio station. Running it. Running it into the ground, too. They're going to run you you out of town. They can't get here today. No. And they're going to take less money than you do from running this station. i got to pay them? You can pay them under under the table. You'll be all right. They'll make less than you. And Dave's supposed to say, that's actually not possible. (laughs) That's that's not possible. Just ask my wife. Just ask his wife. It's not possible. But that's the thing. But I thought that letter was hilarious. It really is hilarious because, like, I put in my blog, when did the Republican Party, you know, get in bed with AFL-CIO? I mean, they're basically saying, hey, we we need to get jobs for these people. And the reason you don't have jobs is because the 11 11 million people who are here – Illegally and, and the others who are here legally, they're taking the 90 million jobs that should be available. They're yeah. basically doing three and four jobs. Because, and, and I reason mean, is, it's absurd. The reason is because there's only X number of jobs in the economy. Correct, right. There is, you, there never is no, more. you cannot grow a pie. No, 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 the pie cannot be more. made bigger. You know, because in many ways, this is like uh, Pan Am. This is, this is like the Hunger Games. America, the world, is like Pan Am. And we, we only have X number of jobs. Right. And the elite... Get everything. And everybody, right. the rest of us, that's why we can't have immigrants coming in. Right. No. Is, is, can't. Can't. That's, Not enough for them. Now, Neil Monroe, by the way, is the author of this Daily Caller article. I think he writes a lot of the anti-immigration sludge that comes out of the Daily Caller. But he quotes – well, he does a quote. He states without attribution the following. <laughs> the Senate's June bill would triple legal immigration over the next decade by awarding green cards to 33 million immigrants – and work permits roughly 13 million guest workers. Mm. That influx is larger than the 28 million teenagers in the country and also larger than the pool of 20 million unemployed and underemployed Americans. All right, now obviously he wants you to do math here. So 33 and 13 is 46, and 28 and 20 is 48, which I guess would not be more than the immigrants. Oh, crap. No. Well, okay, so Monroe can't do math, but... <laughs> I think the point he's trying to make here is they're coming to take your jobs. They're coming to take your they're jobs, coming to right. ta- They're coming to take your jobs. Hey, hey, oh, ha. Huh? Uh, 
who, who, whose numbers are those? Who, who came uh, up with those numbers? No idea. That would be the crazy guy at the Heritage Foundation uh, who was fired for being a racist. Uh, that guy is who <laughs> Mr. Monroe is quoting here. Um, well sourced. And uh, it's, uh, it's absolutely fascinating. Oh, this is great. Goodland has won committee approval for a bill that would allow food industry companies to hire 500,000 guest workers a year. So? Uh, when? Yeah. yeah. What planet would that be on? <laughs> oh, and it's, it's as if the illegal immigrants here, they don't have jobs, you know. They're no. actually just sitting on the sidewalk Sucking waiting down for this benefits. world yes. right. When, in fact, who's going to do their jobs when they leave? Right. Well, that would be the unemployed. Let's take a break take a here break. Uh, on America's Web Radio. Soy Charles Cook, abogado y jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Llámenos hoy si usted tiene problemas con inmigración, si ha sido arrestado, si se casó con un ciudadano o tiene una oferta de trabajo. Nosotros le podemos ayudar. También podemos explicar con, qué puedes hacer para recibir los beneficios de inmigración. Llámenos hoy a las 404-816-8611, 404-816-8611, o visítenos por el internet al www.immigration.net. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Okay, Charles, you've been spouting some numbers over well, there. Let me, numbers, I want to be quoting numbers. Unattributed numbers, correct. Okay, okay, you, you know how I feel about Obamacare. Yes, and with, with your, I think the Huge last supporter. time you told me, you said you had, or I understood from someone in your practice, that you have uh, 1,122 people employed. So is Obamacare affecting you now? <laughs> No, uh, we actually we, we are actually under the fifty employee threshold, David. Uh, but uh, we actually provide health care to our employees. Uh, uh, all eleven hundred and twenty-three, or all eleven hundred twenty-three. Where are the other eleven hundred hiding out? Eleven hundred are. No, we I mean, provide You know, the the point of the story is like I think we were talking all the provide health care personally. That's my opinion. Off air was the fact that I've never seen. More numbers just made randomly up. made up on everything out. from both sides. Yeah, everybody. Oh, it, everybody. It's, it's everybody. Obama I, does it. They all do it. it you just, know, it, it's just picking stuff out of the air. Which is why, I, for me, if I'm going to write a blog and I'm going to quote a number, I'm going to attribute that number. Right. Here's where I got it from. So you know that somebody else made it up and not me. All right. <laughs> um, be, and it, this is this is this is because the way America works today. You you don't have exact numbers. The only exact number is the census. Huh. We actually, and even well, then, I'm, I'm yeah, not yeah. done yet, <laughs> where there's an actual count, right. and then there's an estimate of the undercount, which is different. Right. But there is an they actual actually, count. They actually use they statistics actually, and everything well, yeah, with, the with what the count they yeah, do. Yeah. The people that are counting can't count. Well, 
This, and, and the only other counting out there is votes, except in Florida. No, I mean, no we don't. No, no, and then it's two for you. But only, only, only Chavez's company from Venezuela gets to count all those votes <laughs> on, the, on the machines. Hagel? Isn't it Diebold? Is that was that uh, yeah. Chavez's company? But wasn't it? Um, yeah, Chuck Hagel. Yeah. But I just thought yeah. this article was hilarious because uh, it. But uh, let me ask. It, it's it, so poorly written and and written from such a. But does it matter? Well, no. Well, here's what it is, David. And, and I've actually read an article about this type of perspective from both sides, from the MSNBC side, from the Fox News side, from the Daily Caller side. We are actually creating a group of people who don't get all of the information they need to make an informed decision. I understand this the idea that there's this liberal media out there. True. But does that need to be counterbalanced with a crazy non-liberal media? No. Or is there just facts that I'd like to know? Now, you're not going to get this from CNN either because that's kind of out there as well. But you can get facts. You can but look they, at studies. The whole thing goes People back. are too lazy right. to get the information. They want to be spoon-fed from the Fox machine or the MSNBC machine. That's uh, this, that is, this is – we've talked about this before on the show, that media is a business. They're in the business of making money and getting eyeballs and earballs. Right. On because television sets and iPads. And media is self-selecting. You select the media that most when – you, when you start consuming media, you consume the media that is predisposed to reinforce the views that you were given by your parents, your friends, whatever. And you by and large really stick to that narrative unless you come kind of out of the box whether – and get away from that mainstream of – you know. Basically the same thing. Whether it's coming from the right or the left, it's really all the same thing. And you go to some sort of alternative media stream where you can get facts because this this stuff that they're putting out For example, is I would, entertainment. I would, one. I would suggest one undisputed at 9 a.m. on 9 a.m. Thursdays, <laughs> folks. Now, the, this article by Monroe goes further because he says this, quote, However, immigration reformers – Bad people. I mean, I know I don't know who he's talking about. <laughs> when I you might think of me, right, David? I'm an immigration reformer, right? I, I want to reform immigration. That would be me. I can't say it on the air. You, you know, but so we don't form one. We don't know. This is such a poorly written article, yep. but intentionally so. Intentionally so. Say that large scale immigration is widening the wealth gap. All right, the gap widened by only 2.4 points only in the 36 states with the lowest rate of immigration but grew by 4.2 points in the 50s of the highest level of immigration from 2000 to 2010, according to a report by FAIR. Oh, okay. good old To argue fair. FAIR is actually an immigration <laughs> reformer is funny. But think about this. Well, okay, let's take, the, let's take it as truth. What does FAIR stand for? Uh, the Federation Against Immigration Reform, I believe, is the <laughs> yeah. appropriate. Um, but let's, let's take for the point that that's true. All right, it might be true. Is it because the states with the highest level of immigration have the highest level of undocumented immigration, which brings in people that work at the lowest level of society? Right. And then if we actually had immigration reform, they wouldn't be coming in at the lowest level of society. Right. And therefore, we would lessen the immigration. They we could get the jobs. Income, income gap. They could get jobs in the, in the real world, thinking. essentially. It's, right. it's really the, the lack of critical thinking here and the, the uh, overage of – Goebbels like uh, marketing of this Shout issue. Shout out to Joseph Goebbels. Yeah, and I, I'm not comparing anybody to Hitler. I'm just saying it's a Goebbels like marketing when you package parts of the truth with what you want people to believe. Exactly. 
And the bigger the yeah, lie, both sides the do bigger it. The more they both sides both do sides it. Sides I've read it, it on both sides. Yep. In fact, the only two places you're going to get the undisputed truth will be on undisputed. Yep. And our blog. <laughs> and our, our blog. And our blog. Yep. Musings on immigration. Um, or, or our Facebook page. Or the, the Facebook, Facebook page. page. Check yeah. it out. But it is. This was. I thought it was a really interesting article, David, because it goes to what we were talking about earlier, as far as numbers are concerned. Uh, it goes to politics. It goes to what's going on. And this is a. This is Republicans talking about Republicans. Yep. This isn't really talking about Democrats. Nope. Uh, so I think overall the uh, the idea I, I as you know I was in 2013 I was very optimistic on reform I was convinced uh, hey, I was too convinced we were going to have reform and, and the stars were aligned they were they they were aligned we had a bill come out of the Senate I mean it was really I a, mean a last July bill. we were we were thinking hey this thing this thing is done it's a done, done deal. deal October and, and the idea <laughs> that uh, that 16 GOPers held us up in the house yep uh, is really ludicrous when you think about it but at the same time I am not while I'm optimistic in 2014 I'm much more of the show me state these days <laughs> I'm much more Cautious, Missouri these days cautiously I'm cautiously optimistic, optimistic. cautiously uh, optimistic Goodlatte is talking the good talk now, interesting, where is she talking it? On Telemundo. This is a smart Republican strategy. If yep. you're going to talk about what you're going to do, you need to go to the people who you're trying to influence with what you're going to do. Yep. You don't need to talk about people who are going to oppose you. You're not going to be on the Sunday morning talk shows. Yep. You're not going to go to GOP events. Nobody watches Fox. No. No. Telemundo. So you want to go to Telemundo and say, yep. here's what we want to do, and here's how we, GOP, are going to do it. Right. Now, of course, if they don't end up doing it, it's going to cost them in the long run. So I think it's a gamble, yep. but it's clearly a gamble. Goodlett would not have gone on Telemundo if Boehner hadn't said, do it. If yep. Cantor hadn't said, do it. They're just scared of these the renegades in their party from challenges on the no challenge. It's just the yeah, it, it's just, just, they're just I mean, they're, they're just holding the whole thing hostage because, they're, because of some, some ideological defect that they have because you would think that these fiscally conservative Tea Party Republicans would realize that immigration is an economic issue, that it's good for our economy to have people come here to do jobs that we will not do or jobs that we can't find anybody to do, that we need them. It's better for our economy. And you would think they would be the first people to realize it, but they're not. They're pandering because, to this whole crowd well, that they're taking your it's jobs. It's all about being afraid of the other. It's all about uh, this idea we don't yeah. like anybody new. We, we're going to be different. We're, gonna, we're not going to be a white Christian country anymore. And, 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 and all Mexicans are drug dealers. Yes. I well, mean, that's not dealers. Uh, oh, they're mules. smugglers, mules. They're mules. As that's I, why they have as I was, as I was. Okay, yeah, so understand. <laughs> this is why we have I misspoke. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, you know, we need reform. I think we're going to get it. I just, I pray it's in 2014 because this issue is becoming more divisive by by the year, and it is when things become divisive, it causes hard feelings. That are very, very difficult to overcome. Yep. Very difficult to overcome. Yep. Now, David, one thing I know we're going to be leaving here in a few minutes, and I, I, the most important topic today, of course, is that I have now purchased my seeds right, for the yes. garden uh, yes. for 2014. Uh, shout out to my friends at Baker Creek Seeds, uh, rareseeds.com. Uh, but uh, I'm excited this year. I'm excited this year. What are you going to plant this I, year? I've got uh, 14 <laughs> varieties of heirloom tomatoes. I'm yeah. Very, very excited. Very excited with that. And I actually have eight varieties of heirloom cucumbers this year. I'm going to go heavy on the cukes this year because it was a bad cuke year. And I didn't Make get some many, pickles? 
Make some pickles and eating, nice. eating cucumbers kind of thing. Yep. Uh, I'm also going heavy on the carrots this year. Okay. Your carrots are good crop because they're pretty easy to grow. <laughs> Throw it at the ground. keep them weeded, and you have good dirt. The key with yeah. carrots is good dirt. I uh, also went heavy on the radishes this year because you can't screw up a radish. You have can you, throw a radish uh, seed on a piece of concrete and it will grow a radish. Have you? Uh, I haven't had a chance to clean up my garden. Me neither. Uh, I have uh, let. Well, you know what? It's okay to leave it fallow. Yeah. It's okay to let everything decompose in it. Seems like we get a lot of this liquid stuff falling every time I. <laughs> when I have a minute, it's it's. Uh, I don't think I could actually get my plow into my garden right now. That soft. Uh, I don't, oh yeah, I don't think I can actually get it in there without sinking. I hate to ask, but just flipping back to the show itself, yes. you know, I was talking about numbers. Yes. And uh, my dad used to have a saying, and, and in listening to your report from this guy and all this, would you say that we're running under a situation not of an, uh, other than making up numbers, but also, and I won't say exactly, but... My dad used to have a saying that BS baffles brains. And do you, think <laughs> you, can't, you can't dazzle them with brilliance, baffle them with, with BS. BS. That, that is another way to say that. Oh, yeah, part of that is absolutely that. Part of that. The thing is, people that don't have the either the educative background, that's a, that's a Bush word, it's like strategery. Strategery. Educative background. Right. Uh, or simply are too lazy to look up the information for themselves and come to their own conclusions. Or they just their, fam- their family. Listen, it's their not, family is don't care. Yeah, they, I, not an issue. Don't care. They've just been born and raised in a family that's good conservative Republicans or good liberal Democrats, and and they just think that that's the right way, and they're they're going to go with whoever you know is leading that nat you know that side of the national debate. I mean, it's it's not wrong. It's just a failure to to completely educate yourself. The, uh, I, I must compliment you, Charles, too, on the fact that, uh, and I guess it's because of the. Incredible 1123 member staff that you have. But, uh, I, I do respect you for for what you do and and the fact that you check out everything and don't mind pouncing on a poor little guy in a radio station if if he happens to miss miss say but something. I love I you love pouncing David. on David. No, I pouncing on David. David, but, David uh, is David is doing an important and good work here. Absolutely, uh, you, you do a great job. I don't I don't see how you have the time to check out everything that you do. And well, you I, know I mean, what? this is a compliment. it's a you know thank goodness for the iPad yep. and those few moments in the bathroom every day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> then, didn't I say that's what the and that was uh, on somebody's Facebook page this morning, by the then, way. Then Mom. Didn't I didn't I say something about uh, that on uh, on your uh, photo of the all the uh, new regs? Oh yes, 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 absolutely. Uh, you know, it's just there's just so much going on, and for me, I, for me, it's a thirst of knowledge. I love yeah. learning. Yep. I love getting information. You can make time to, to figure it out. I mean, yeah. you just and you, and you get to the you get to point where you trust certain sources and you, and you source your information well and and you, and you can be educated and know what the facts are and, yeah. and know what the narr- and and if you know what the narrative the, the the bogus mainstream narrative you can come and understand. What yeah, the, and that's why you read the editorials in the Wall Street yeah. Journal and the Washington Post and the New York Times. Check out and, Newsmax too. And Newsmax and I Drudge is my first thing up and yeah. you know you got to look at everything. They has been great here. On the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Tune in next week at the same, t- same bat time, same, same bat, bat channel, time, same bat channel on America's Web Radio.